0: this is Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on tncradio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. (laughs)
1: welcome to women road warriors with shelly johnson and kathy Takaro. we're a show designed to empower and inspire women with all kinds of information on a variety of topics and wonderful guests we don't shy away from anything and we're here for women we tackle all kinds of topics even the tough ones and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions i'm shelly and i'm kathy we're not afraid to take on the tough topics and work to make a change, which is what everybody needs to do to make the world a better place. Today's episode is going to cover a topic that is very problematic. It's absolutely scary that it's going on in the 21st century. It will shock you, but it's something that everyone needs to know about so they can make a difference. Every year, millions of men, women, and children fall victim to human trafficking. It's one of the fastest-growing global criminal enterprises that's estimated to be a $150 billion industry. About 40 million people across the world are entrapped in modern-day slavery. Truckers Against Trafficking works to identify trafficking and help the victims of this terrible practice. They work with professional drivers, and they've honored a number of them as TAT ambassadors. Rhonda Hartman is one of those ambassadors. She's an LTL driver for Old Dominion Freight Line. She lives in Iowa and she began her career in trucking as an owner operator and has been a professional driver for over 38 years. She has 2.8 million accident-free miles. Rhonda, welcome to the show. We're so thrilled to have you. We want to thank you for doing what you're doing to stop human trafficking. How did you get involved in helping victims of human trafficking?
2: When I first started driving as an owner operator, I, I had no idea about any of this stuff. I was just a little farm girl from Iowa and had never been anywhere. Um, when I started driving a semi to the East coast, my eyes got open very quickly, really on my first run, um, that I made out there. I was just, you know, I was shocked at, um, just the difference from the East coast to the Midwest. Um, my first time where I really knew that that's what I was looking at was actually about 10 years in. I had seen it, you know, I had seen some women in truck stops, you know, back then they would approach the drivers. But, you know, most of those were adults. I, I really wasn't thinking about it from the standpoint that I thought that they were being trafficked, although they probably were, they probably had no say in what they were doing. But I did not realize that at all back then. But the first time I really realized, um, I actually was driving for Walmart transportation at the time, and coming into the north side of Chicago, and a van um, kind of got trapped beside me, it was dark. And I normally, I don't look down to vehicles as I'm driving. I'm just watching the road. But this van had gotten kind of trapped there. Another truck was in front of me. Another truck was in front of the van. And what I saw was a van full of under one-year-old children, all strapped in car seats, bolted to the floor of this van because the light was on in there. I could see through a window. There was one driver, no other adults in the van. And even now just saying that, like I get goosebumps, I get this pit in my stomach that I know that's what I was seeing, that these children had been abducted from somewhere mm-hmm. and was being trafficked in the middle of the night, they were being taken. And back then that was not, I, you know, not everyone had cell phones. They were, um, there were a few like bag phones. But um, it was very expensive, so most of us didn't carry it. And I kept hollering on the CB, trying to get the attention of a police officer and never did. The van finally sped around the other vehicle, and I never found out if it got caught or not. But I knew in my heart that that's what I was seeing. And that's when I wanted to find out more about what was going on and what um, what that industry um, was really capable
1: of. So how young, do they bring people in? You said one-year-old children? Wow. Yes. yes. Yeah, this
2: was. And you know, back then, there was um, times where, where they were so brazen. And I remember hearing it on the news where they would go into the hospitals at night when there was very few people working there and just take babies oh out of gosh. these hospitals.
3: Oh my but god. I don't know
2: where any of those children came from, but there wasn't any of them that were older than one years old. And there was at least 10 car seats in there where they were strapped to the floor. Ugh. There's no way one person would be hauling 10 children under the age of one in the middle of the night. Yeah. To, in, something that was not illegal.
3: Oh, my God.
1: So are these children, when they're abducted, destined for a life of pornography and prostitution? How does this all work?
2: Some of the really young ones like that might be stolen to actually sell to give to families who are desperate for adoption. Okay. They have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. Those children are all so young that they would have no memory of oh. you know their real home and their real parents. So they wouldn't only know but what they were told. So you have no idea. I mean, it's such a wide variety of what happens. Um, you know, from our youngest victims, you know, to adults, Um, they used to call it indentured servitude. And that's kind of what really still goes on, um, where people are brought to this country, or other countries, and they're put into you know, they're told all kinds of good things, like the adults, especially, or near adults, um, older teenagers, that, oh, they're going to have this marvelous life, and this is what they're going to get to do. That's not what they're doing at all when they get here. They are forced into some kind of labor that that person basically owns them. They'll never have that debt repaid, and a lot of times, if they try escaping that or try to do something different, They've got their families in the country they came from, and that's how they threaten them and keep them in line.
1: Oh, it, it's, it's just unbelievable that in the 21st century, this is still going on. And I am just horrified uh, at $150 billion industry. I mean, I don't even, this is not an industry. This is pure evil.
2: Oh, it is. Oh.
1: And, and and this is going on in North America. It's going on all over the world, but North America actually has a, a very high percentage of it. Am I correct?
2: Um, yes, they there is a lot of them, uh, and sometimes they don't stay here. They pass through here, you know, because mm-hmm. if you come from the U.S., then you know you can get into a lot of other countries without a lot of problem. But if they've gotten all the paperwork for you, they can put you anywhere but a lot of them come through here. I live in Iowa, which is dead center in the United States. It has two major interstates that run through it. I-80 that goes east to west coast, and I-35 that goes from our very northern border to our southern. And it's, it's um, like in the middle part of the country, a lot of people don't know what they're looking for, but that, that's a super highway that takes them through if that's how they're going is, you know, on in a vehicle of some sort.
1: How has this gotten to be such a terrible scourge without? It's the a pandemic.
2: Yeah, it what? really is.
1: It's a pandemic.
2: Yes, it yeah. absolutely is. I I think, you know, it's kind of one of those, um, if you can call it an industry, but it's one of those industries that people don't want to talk about. If it doesn't happen to them personally, if they don't know somebody personally, they, they just don't even want to think about it. So it's a very hard subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can I tell you one of the more recent stories?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay.
2: My um, one, my oldest granddaughter, uh, she graduated from college and was in a, um, she went into the ministry at first, but then she decided to um, to get more involved in um, helping kids recover from homelessness, um, abuse in the home, removing you know children from the home, and she worked for a company um, that was called Yes, and it was Youth Emergency Services and Shelter in Des Moines. It was a private organization. They would um, get kids off the street that were runaways. A lot of those kids had come from traffic situations or just very, very bad home life to where they felt living on the street was better. Most of them um, were middle school aged kids, if you can believe that, that had left and were already on their own at the ages of 10 to 12 to 14. And that was the main age group um, that she dealt with. So at this shelter, they found a girl on the street that um, said that she was homeless, had been trafficked, and they took her in. It's a private organization, so they clothe them. They, um, have an in, and they have a school in, in there. They have, um, food for them, clothes for them, um, you know, counseling for them, because they all need a lot of counseling. This girl bonded really well with a couple of other girls that were 11 and 12, And they kind of let them do that because nobody understands what they're going through more than another child that is going through the same thing. The 11 and 12 year olds were actually from the street to Des Moines. This girl had said she'd come from Chicago and was dropped off there. Well, what it turned out to be is she was actually sent in there by traffickers to try to get the 11 to 12 year olds to leave on mm-hmm. their own and, and get into this. Of course, that's not what they're telling them they're going to do. So one night, you know, Liz had no idea that that's what was going on with these girls and um, that they had, you know, she was recruiting them is what she was doing. Oh my God. And <sighs> yeah, that's, that's what happens more than people realize. Um, so she's dropped off in another town. And she sent to the shelters to convince other girls that, you know, are not in a lockdown shelter. They could leave if they wanted to, but they, you know, highly discouraged it. So an alarm would go off if a door opened, especially after, you know, in the evening and the door opened, the camera came on and Liz saw these three girls running towards this van. And she bolted out that back door and screamed at them at the top of their lungs to stop. The van slammed the door and took off before any one of the three girls had gotten in it. Once they got this girl that said she was 14 um, and they got the police involved, she was actually 18, but she looked 14, so that's how they could keep sending her into these places. She had been doing this since she was 10. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she helped them to understand what was going on, and what they really do to them, and how they have put her. um, She was an Asian girl. So she looked she's very petite, and she looked very young. So they could keep sending her in into shelters that would never take an 18 year old, because Mm -hmm. she still looked 14.
3: I really want to throw up right now. That's just so,
2: um, it, it, it
3: angers me so much. yeah. That yes, it does. Do this to it children. just makes me sick. Children! Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. You know, the mother in me just, just kind of just wants to rip everybody apart. Like, Oh, yeah.
1: Oh my God. I'm a bear, you betcha. Oh, my goodness. It's just <laughs> yep. unbelievable.
2: I mean, and you know, my granddaughter herself had to get a lot of counseling because she counseled these kids. You yeah. know, it, it just was, she had no idea really what she was getting into either. Um, you know, she had went to college for this and had learned a lot about it, but she still, to hear it from their mouths on what goes on. And one of the things, this is when I go and speak to a group about truckers against trafficking, one of the things I tell because there's usually a lot of women in there too sometimes I'll speak to insurance agents and the women just there's not a there's not anybody not crying by the end of that tat program it's an unbelievable program because so many um, women speak on the videos that have been trapped in that and have managed to get out and they tell the story of who helped them to get out and a lot of it it's just It's a truck driver that sees something that's not right and calls it in. It's better Mm -hmm. to be wrong and call it in and have everything be fine than it is to miss somebody and have them remain trapped in that situation.
1: Absolutely. Because how long are these people trapped in in these situations?
2: Sometimes they never get out for their whole life.
1: That is just sobering. Trapped in that for their whole life. We'll be covering more about how grave human trafficking truly is and what people can do to help, coming up next.
0: Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up.
1: Great leaders challenge their people not to stop at the first right answer. Tighten the Lug Nuts is the book that will help you move past that first-right answer to be more effective, more productive, and more successful. This book serves as a blueprint that can be easily applied by leaders, entrepreneurs, truckers, owner-operators, all of us in our everyday lives. This is one of the best leadership books you can read to help you accelerate towards your personal and professional goals. Plus, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to truckerschristmasgroup.org. Visit tightenthelugnuts.com to order your copy today. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big on Amazon.com.
0: Welcome back to Women Road Warriors. With Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro.
3: Do you know the group Operation Underground Rescue Railroad? It's, uh, I, it's have,
2: a I have heard of it.
3: Yeah, I'm a volunteer with them. I started up in Canada and I just joined the L.A. group because now I moved here. I mean, this my hometown. They are worldwide, and I aim to be even more involved with them because I work with children around the world. Like um, yesterday, uh, like, uh, when I go to Grenada and, and the Caribbean islands, it starts from there because the, the poverty is so great that um, children get scooped up or sold from the families down there, yeah. and they, they think that they're selling their kid to, to like you said earlier, to be brought into better conditions, but they're not. But even yeah. if they're not sold, um, the amount of child sexual abuse that goes on, uh, on those islands, like people go there that, for, you know, the posh resorts and this and that, they have no idea what's going on outside that resort. Well, I take it, ap- I took it upon myself years ago when I first started, to, when I got my book coming out uh, in 2017, um, my friend had said, oh, you got to go to Grenada because, you know, there's a girl that's, that has her story. So I did. And I was shocked. I mean, I was sitting in a room, a school, a church full of, there was 138 students, these little tykes. And I was talking about good touch, bad touch, and about not keeping secrets and having a voice. And, you know, and you could tell, in the as you're looking in the eyes of these kids, which ones were being abused. And I would say 90% of them were. It was, it was awful. And wow. then as I'm talking to the locals, as I'm going along, um, it, it. Uh, my 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 good friend who called me yesterday is asking me to go back to Grenada to do more community events. She was personally raped five times before she was 17 by five different men in five different situations, right? And it, it's, it's so all horrible. It's horrible. And and Barbados, I do the same thing. I talk to the kids there, and I go to I go to like these ten different schools, and it's the same thing in every school. I go to Saint Vincent, the same thing, you know. And it's worldwide. So I I can only do my part, and I'm very grateful that you, you're on the show today to be able to raise more awareness of what goes on in our own country. Yes. Right? And people yes. don't realize it. it. It really is right in front of our faces, but we just don't see it because the illusions are so great. Thank you for what you do. Right. Yes,
1: absolutely.
2: Absolutely. What is happening a lot of times, especially in the U.S., is these kids are going on their own. They're leaving. Their homes, which are, you know, not all of them are horrible. A lot of the kids that are taken are, you know, they come from very good homes. They just maybe don't talk to their parents as much as they should. But one of the things that came from this girl um, in the shelter that she made them aware of is some of their biggest recruiting in the United States is in malls. Malls, They go, they send these girls. Like the one that looks 14, they send those girls in there to be friends, a group of girls that are hanging out in the mall together. Now, a lot of parents think if they drop their children off and they're in a group that they're safe, but they don't yeah. know how to pick out the ones that would follow much easier than which would... they're not going to go after the kids that go get out of my face. You know, they're not going to go after kids that'll do that. They're going to mm-hmm. go after the ones that are real quiet. And it could be, you know, taken, they promise them all kinds of stuff. They lie to them. They tell them they're going to sell perfume or whatever, and they're going to make all this money and they leave on their own. Mm -hmm. And then they're in the sex trade. That's not what they're doing. That's all that they've gotten them for. But they send in these, you know, these girls, not just girls, boys too, that look young and that befriend these kids. And they know right. how to pick them out. And that part of the story, when I tell that in front of a group, you know, that's split up between like men and women, that's when, you know, they they just start asking a ton of questions. Like, you know, I have never heard of this, you know, do my kids know about this? And I said, well, they may, they just may not be talking to adults about it, mm-hmm. but you should talk to your child because even if your child's strong enough to make sure maybe her best friend is not or his best friend is not strong enough to stay away from that and know what's going on. And, you know, she could tell they would listen to their friends more than they may listen to an adult on what is going on and help to keep them out. So I'm like, yes, absolutely. It's a hard subject, but you need to talk to your children about it.
1: These are essentially child abductions. And I guess... I've got a big question. How does the FBI not find these kids? I mean, they're obviously reported missing at some point. They they just go off the radar. Um,
2: Yes, they (gasps) they scared the living crap out of them. You know, they tell them that they're going to kill their siblings or they'll kill their parents if they try to get out of the situation. So they're not. I mean, they're being brainwashed sometimes for months before they turn them out. Yep. And drugs. Exactly. And they're given drugs to make them more susceptible.
3: And they also Mm -hmm. get moved around a lot. So they're not in the same place, you know, for long periods. Yeah. They're not
2: familiar.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in Canada. Um, My very good friend, uh, she was living with me up to last year uh, until she sadly passed away. But uh, she was very, very involved with uh, the Salvation Army and human trafficking, she, because she was trafficked herself and so she uh, was right uh, in there in, in all of Canada and she would go uh, she was gone, c- going to conferences worldwide raising wow. awareness about this. It's awful. It's everywhere. And um, a lot of these girls they get moved around, not say in one country, but then they get moved overseas so they're never found again. Right, it's very, no. very difficult for the for the like you were asking Shelly, about the FBI. Yeah. It's very difficult to track, very difficult.
1: Wow.
3: You remember Carly, that our other guest that we had, uh, yeah. who um, she was um, she started a business in Kathmandu from girls that were rescued. There was eight thousand a month, I think she was saying. Was that was it a month or a year? I can't remember. But the the amount of women. Taken from the villages out of poverty and sold, it's 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 overwhelming. Yes, overwhelming, and they can't track them. They can't
2: find them. No,
1: Rhonda, you were saying that it's gotten worse with the electronics, and and you would think it would get better, but it's it's actually gotten worse.
2: Yes, I I think it is gotten worse only because you know you've got all this modern technology now. You know the the computers, the the dark web has so much absolute filth and disgusting crap that goes on on there. Um, that, you know, people know people that are involved in that, they know how to find more of it. And it's, I think that technology has just made it so that it's much easier to get kids, especially kids. I know my, um, my youngest daughter, you know, she was, talking to somebody on the internet that she thought was someone, a kid her age. And he wasn't, it was a grown man that was pretending to be a 14 year old boy. And, you know, she, he tried to get her to meet him. My, um, my husband backtracked his connection and found out that it was coming from a school, a janitor in a school Mm -hmm. was on the internet in a school doing this. And of course they ended up catching him, but it was, you know, that's one person. (laughs) That's one person. (laughs) Yeah. I think that the modern technology just makes this so much worse.
1: Sure. Yeah, People can hide in the shadows and be somebody they aren't. It's just insidious. And that's where Rhonda, what you're doing is so important. And you too, Kathy, with the involvement, getting the awareness out there, making changes, and providing some sort of an avenue for these victims, I mean, to be trapped in something like that and to be a child, oh. you know, oh my yeah. gosh. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and and it's not like, you know, if they do have a cell phone or anything, they're going to take all that stuff away from them. You know, most most adults, let alone children, memorize phone numbers that they need to call. Most of them, it's mom on the phone. It's not mom's phone number that they memorize. It's just mom. So they don't even know how to contact anyone. You know, once they take any anything of theirs away from them, they have no way to contact anybody. Right.
3: I'm I'm guilty of that, too. Half the time I have to look up my
0: daughter's.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Oh yeah,
0: God, me too. <laughs> Only the
2: numbers that we used to have to memorize. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I can still I remember still the number my, my, my home phone number when I was five. <laughs> you know, because yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that was kind of a requirement my mother had. It's like you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: I remember when we were kids. I mean, that was. You taught them their name. You taught them their phone number, you know, so that if they were ever in a place, they knew their phone number, they could call home. Sure. But, you know, now we just, you know, we've all, I don't know, gotten lazy or something. We don't do it anymore. We don't memorize that stuff anymore.
1: Maybe it would be something that would be good for parents to start doing with their kids, because if they do get caught up in something like that, they can't take their memory away. And they have some possibility of... Mm -hmm. Reaching out for help. Yeah,
2: absolutely. That's a very good idea, actually, to to just remind people that they need to teach their children their
1: parents' yeah. phone numbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Again, instead of just putting them on their phone for them, and mom's face comes up when mom's calling.
0: Sure. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up.
1: Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com.
0: welcome back to women road warriors with Shelley johnson and kathy Takaro.
1: rhonda do you see that the perception is changing at the truck stops and so forth i know that uh, there had been this stigma oh absolutely with, with the women yes. that are out there that uh these people are, are victims and you can't just assume well you know you know the the negative names they call these women and and mostly women, I guess. But do you think that that's changing and that there is more of a proactive attitude to help them?
2: Yes, absolutely. Especially with programs like Truckers Against Trafficking and, you know, the one that Kathy belongs to, the same thing. They are, you know, we inside of every restroom door that I have been in, whether it's in the mall or in, you know, a gas station, or in a truck stop, on the inside of the door, it has that information on a little poster. If Are you being forced to do something you don't want to do with phone numbers on how to get a hold of somebody? So I think, you know, everybody's seen those, I think putting that stuff up has made the, you know, the truck drivers and, you know, a lot of people that travel, um, they stop in a lot of the truck stops and stuff too, along the way. They like, mm-hmm. you know, they like that atmosphere. They have a lot of unique things in there. And mm-hmm. I think um, that when industries like um, Truckers Against Trafficking put these posters up with, you know, numbers, that's very easy for the victims to remember. And if they ever get to a phone where they can make a phone call, they can easily remember these numbers. I think that's such a great idea. The other thing is putting that right in front of the public so Mm -hmm. that they can see that and they'll start thinking of these people more as victims, you know, than how they think about, you know, them. But the numbers are so much lower in like any place like truck stops, rest areas by far than what it was in the 80s. Because then there wasn't the technology for them to get on the computer and say, here mm -hmm. I am. You know, or here this person is, how much do you want to pay for them? You know, they actually had to go out into these places and be there. And um, the truck stop owners themselves have cleaned that part of that industry up Mm -hmm. a lot. So I don't see near that that I did back in the 80s when I was running over the road.
1: So where are they rendezvousing? If they're not in the truck stops and there's been that kind of an effort, you know, the traffickers are going to try something different um are they oh loud? yeah
2: they're just putting them out there on the internet
1: so people are just making appointments and getting sex from the internet
2: yeah a lot of times they are or they'll say you know this person will be at this location if you are interested you know and they put pictures up of them and then you know these people show up that <sighs> want to spend time with them it mm-hmm. it's it's just so disgusting i I can't even, I just cannot even imagine being in the position, like, you know, especially the children, but even yeah. young adults as a woman, as a mother, as a grandmother with, you know, grandchildren these these ages, I just cannot imagine. It just makes me so sick.
1: Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, uh. me too. It's just, oh, my God. So what can the public do? How do they recognize human trafficking? Are there specific signs that or not? I mean, it it may be obvious sometimes, and and maybe it isn't.
2: There are certain, you know, they, they teach these, um, you know, the people that they're trafficking, and they teach them how to not be noticed, you know, as, but sometimes it's like when Kathy said, she, you know, that you can look into their eyes and you can tell there is something not right here. Anytime Mm -hmm. that you sense that, I think it's much better to make a phone call. You know, if if it's a guy traffic, you know, if an adult male trafficking a younger female, he's not going to go into the restrooms with them. So I try to talk to the women that, you know, say hello to these kids, you know, try to engage them in conversation if they're in there by themselves. If they're on their phones and they're blabbing away, then they're probably not one of these ones that are doing that. But if they're in there, they look scared, you know, just say, is everything okay with you? Are you all right in the situation you're in? And if they still look scared and they say that they're fine, it's always better to call 911 and give a description of what that person is wearing, about how old they are, the description of the of the person themselves, and let the police handle it. If there's nothing going on, Then there's nothing going on, and everything, you know, will go about its way. But otherwise, if there is, you might be the only person that ever tried to do that for that person that is being trafficked.
1: And you're their only lifeline. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
1: So calling nine one one, police will respond immediately on something. Oh
2: yes, absolutely. They'll answer that, and Mm -hmm. usually, you know, they're in a pretty populated area because they blend better in a populated area than you know places that are less populated the police officers are not that far away and you know they can tell the difference between somebody calling and says I'm just really concerned about this young girl or this young man you know the the situation doesn't look right they're being forced along you can tell that the adult is in control of this situation and maybe it's just that person's child that's acting up in public but i just have a really bad feeling about this somebody could come check this out and i'm sure that there would not ever be a police officer that would ever turn that down
3: yeah well you hope they wouldn't
2: yeah <laughs> <Jeez>. exactly yes, <laughs> yeah absolutely oh my God. My well,
1: God. i think that this program that truckers against trafficking has is so so very important and what you're doing Rhonda. is is invaluable. Um, You're making such a difference and you're, you're educating people. Um, How do people, how do drivers get involved? And I would imagine you don't have to necessarily even be a driver to get involved with Truckers Against Trafficking. No,
2: No, you don't. The thing about truck drivers is the public is so used to seeing the semis around all the time
0: Uh that they kind
2: of forget about us. It's like we're anonymous almost. You know, unless they look right up at us in the cab, it's it's just we're a truck. We're not a person. And okay. that's how we can see things sometimes that people do not realize we see. Plus, we sit a lot higher.
3: Not sure. as high yeah. as Kathy yeah.
2: does, of course, going down the road. <laughs> yes. Five stories tall. It takes
3: Kathy, but, you know, we're up. sitting. 50-year trucks to make up one of my trucks. Yeah, if you
1: went down the freeway, people would get the heck out of your way, Kathy.
2: <laughs> Plus, she'd take out all the bridges, oh, right. <laughs> all the power lines. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
3: couldn't put me on the road.
2: Uh, yeah, but you know we sit high enough that people don't realize what we can see down in those vehicles. And believe me, we can see a whole bunch of stuff we don't want to see. Which is why I don't look down there very often. But you know, sometimes something just tells you to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, and sometimes it's just a family, you know, with a little kid that wants you to honk the horn, oh, you sure. know, and then you do that too, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. there's still a, our kids that want us to do that. So, That's
1: you so know, sure. anytime, <laughs> yep.
2: you know, it's it's kind of like the programs where the policemen go into the schools and let the kids know you know, that this is a safe place that, you know, we're, they're not bad people. It's kind of like us with the truck driving. If, you know, if I see a little kid beside me and they're looking up at me, I wave at them, you know, and if they, you know, I just want them to know that, you know, I'm watching them, that they're, that other people are paying attention to what's going on. And I think that's huge on the truckers with trafficking, but you, they can always get on, on uh, the truckers against trafficking website. Cat's website has so much invaluable information on it to help you um, to look for things. It will tell you, it will give you scenarios on what you should look for. But if you have the fortitude to watch some of the videos of the people who have gotten out of this tell their story, if you can get through them, your life will be changed. Um, There's no way that you cannot try helping if you listen yeah. to one and watch one of those videos. Sure, You will want to be involved.
1: Yeah. And and that's that's the only way we're going to turn it around. I mean, I, I, I wish I could um, find all of these perpetrators and just cram them into a little room. It's like, you know, ugh.
2: I Put them thinking. on an island somewhere.
1: There you oh. go. Yes,
2: <laughs> <Let the laughs> an island other. with a whole bunch oh. of sharks around it, where they yeah. can't get off. good idea. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's just it's Yeah, evil. just remove them from society. Yes, evil. Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. I think castration yeah. is a big part, should be a part there of that. There you go.
1: Yes. <laughs> Amen to that.
3: Problem solved.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, when you think about it, this has been going on. This is nothing new. It's no. It's just maybe more no. widespread It's no. the
2: oldest profession. That's yeah. what they say. It's the oldest profession. In-
1: yeah. Yeah. I think changing the perception that the public has is so important, too, because then you're they're not judging what they're seeing. I'm not going to use some of the terms that are used, but I mean, there's that stigma. And if you attach a stigma to somebody, then somehow they aren't as important and people turn their heads and don't pay attention. And that's why what you're doing, Rhonda, is so important, because you're creating the awareness. It's like these are people here, they're victims. Why? You know, people start thinking, Why would somebody want to go into this unless they were forced or coerced or Mm -hmm. lied to? And that's usually
2: how it starts out. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and it and it could even be people that they trusted that you know got them into this in the beginning, and so they don't know how to get out. They don't know who to trust. They trust no one. So it's just you know it just keeps continuing until somebody steps in there. Once it becomes such a stigma. That the public itself has the outrage, then it will stop. Yes. But as yeah. long as it's kept in the shadows, it will keep going.
1: And as long as they're customers. Yes. Uh, I I ca- I can't understand how anyone in all yes. due conscience can be a customer. Uh, uh, yeah. Just, you know. I cannot
3: understand that either. It just, oh, it, it blows my mind. If they're children, you
1: know. Yeah.
2: Yes, the ones that you're involved with, especially, Kathy, those, those are all children, every single one of them are. It's just, yeah. I don't think they have a conscience. That's the only explanation that yeah. I can give to it is they cannot have a conscience right. to to go through with something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The sociopathic
1: yeah. tendencies are uh, rampant. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Some of the horror yeah, stories that I hear is just atrocious. Like, I, you know, I have a bad story, like a really, a lot of bad things happen to me, but I, tell, I can tell you one thing, there's a lot more worse out there, like a lot more worse, like, holy, which is, and, and which is why I do my part. I mean, I think if everybody... Part of the solution is, number one, the awareness. Yep. But number two is actually being active in doing something, in, in trying to create change. And I, I will spend the rest of my days until the very last breath that I breathe make, trying to make changes and in the world everywhere I go. It doesn't matter if, if I'm in Timbuktu in a, in a small little village. I'm going to be making a difference somewhere. You know, And that's how I choose to live my life. But I think if every person can contribute to at least making one change and yep. trying to raise awareness, that's how communities are, are, are expanded and grown, right? It's all a collective yeah, effort. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Collective consciousness. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Totally agree.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Rhonda, I want to commend you, um, give you huge accolades for what you're doing. Is there a way that people can get a hold of Truckers Against Trafficking? I, I want to get that information out there. Uh, somebody, I'm hoping we've motivated some people to say, hey, I want to make a difference.
2: Yes, say
3: absolutely.
1: Something.
0: Yes,
2: there's, there's a very, and, and they're not the only organization, but that's the one that I am most involved with. Um, Truckers Against Trafficking, they can get on their website. That's all they have to type in. It will take you to the website. They have a contact us. You know, link and that you can ask questions. You know, you can get on there. If you need a phone call back because you have a situation going on or you know of a situation that you don't know what you should do, you can always um, give them your information. They can call you back and talk to you. There's a lot of counselors there that work with TAT.
1: Awesome. 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 And we want to get the numbers out there for people in case they know of someone they need to help or they themselves need help. The National Human Trafficking Hotline can be reached by calling 1-888-373-7888. Again, that's 1-888-373-7878. You can also text HELP to 233-733. That's HELP to 233-733. They also have an online chat to the hotline at humantraffickinghotline.org. Rhonda, I really appreciate you being with us on the show today. No kidding. Rhonda, you really are a hero. Oh. Yes, you really are.
2: I don't, you know, I just, I just try to help one at a time. I started out with my own children. You know, I would tell them, if you ever feel the hairs on the back of your neck standing up, that means run. Yep. That's God kicking you in the butt, telling yep. you to run. And yep. if that's bolt from the situation, um, because when I was a very little girl, I was probably seven. Um, we were at a campground. Um, I had gone quite a ways from where the campers were with some other kids, and we were down fishing um, by, the, by a stream that had rocks that we could cross the other side. I crossed over to the other side, and one of the fathers, actually, from some of the boys had come down there, and all of a sudden, I noticed that he had sent his children back up the hill, and I look around, and I realize that I am the only one left there. You know, here I am fishing with my little fishing pole, thinking I'm fine, and I look around, and there are no kids left, just this man. And when I looked at him, I'm sure it was the pricklies on the back of my neck that started it. But when I looked at him as a child, I saw the devil. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever my thought at seven years old was, what the devil looked like, I saw that on his face. And I ran and I crossed those slippery rocks. He slipped and fell and I climbed to the top of the tallest tree I could climb. And started screaming at the top of my lungs until other adults heard and come down there to get me out of there. Um, it's It's a terrible story, and I wow. haven't told this one for a long time, but... About a month later, there was a little girl in the newspaper that was found murdered. Mm. She was seven. She had dark hair just like me. She wow. looked like oh me. And that man was the one that had killed her. Oh he went God. to prison for life. Mm. So I could have been that victim. Yeah. And I have told my children that story over and over yeah. and over. That the pricklies on the back of your neck stand up. That means run.
1: yes. And
2: I'm sure, you know, that's that's all we can do. We can just pass on the information and try to help others so that they don't become victims, too.
1: Yep. Oh, my goodness. And bless you for doing all of that. Rhonda, yeah. you are a true champion.
2: Well, thank you so much yeah. for what you're doing. And Kathy, I would love to talk to you some more about your job. My goodness. You the biggest truck in the world and then you get to do all this other cool stuff too. (laughs) Stay on the line
3: after and I'll I'll get your contact information. I'll mail you my book.
2: (laughs) Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much though for asking me to do this. I really appreciate it. I just you know, I just want to get the word out there as much as I can. It's such a hard subject to talk about, but we have to talk about it. Otherwise it just continues.
3: That's right. And we can make a difference. I really believe that.
2: Yes, we can. Yes, we yep. can.
1: Thank you again, Rhonda. It's been great talking to you.
0: You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at
1: Thank you for listening to another great interview on TNCRadio.Live. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.Live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.Live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at